smartphone death. I was uh, at the whole, a... or earlier I was listening to a Motorhead remorse and Killed by Death came on and is marked by death in, like in the tune of Killed by Death. Interesting. It was Steven Seagal playing guitar in that version that you were envisioning. Did he look yeah. like you with a ponytail? Oh no! <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because it was tied back, and he had it all. Yeah, you know, when he yeah when he ties it back you like know. you. <laughs> and did you see? He even leaves the little bit at the very bottom to trim, like when you get the, your crazy long hairs that aren't dreaded yet. Oh you yeah, did, you take care. <laughs> it's you a, took it's care a little, of it. Little wacky at the end there. You should know. Um, so, I mean, in case nobody picked this up yet, I'll, I'll spin it to Lou in a second. But for everyone out there that needs this knowledge, first, Steven Seagal was above the law. Then, he was hard to kill. Now, Steven Seagal is Merrick for death. Merrick for death. Merrick for death. <laughs> Staring Steven Seagal as a stapler. Huge explosions uh, <laughs> and, and like awesome crime fighting. <laughs> There's legitimately a tagline that basically does say that though. Like without the South Park uh, you know, tone <laughs> nice. on it. Seriously, that's yeah, that is a tagline. And we're tagging up a Steven Seagal film finally. And that's where I spin it to Lou because that's what I do. <laughs> that is what you do. It no, rhymed. I'm oh. <laughs> I'm so uh, I'm so unbelievably stoked to finally you know burden you guys with watching a Steven Skull movie, and I couldn't think of a better <laughs> one than 1990. Uh, we'll call it a smash hit, just based on the fucking you know the box office show. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Mark for Death. Here the fuck we are. Um, I would I would argue that this is probably one of the most, if you want to call it an all-star studded cast, maybe outside of Under Siege. Yeah. And maybe executive decision, I would say that this probably is Ooh. is a close second or third, just sheerly based on the fact that he's acting alongside, obviously, Keith David. You have Kevin Dunn making an appearance, Danny Trejo. I mean, th- this, there's a pretty, pretty solid cast behind him, um, all while maintaining the fact that he is the main star in this movie, which I also really enjoy about all of Steven Seagal's movies. He has to be the guy. Yes. And it's funny. He has to be the lead. And it's funny when you have those other movies. I know I mentioned executive decision and under siege. Even, even in under siege, I would say that like Tommy Lee Jones steals that movie. I mean, he does. The the movie is fantastic, but Tommy Lee Jones steals that fucking movie. Like, the one that Gary Busey's in? Is that the one? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there are other very big, like, people in it, though. Well, Not just the guy who's, like, famous for doing his movies. Steven Seagal... Right. Like, you can't just pick out some other movie he popped up in, like, Steve Buscemi. This is not a character actor. This is, like, act, action-leading man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and what just, it is. It's known, and, and that's that's kind of the funny thing about it. Where if you look, especially as his career continues, uh, from like obviously from the eighties into the nineties and then the two thousands, it became more and more. Yeah. It, it became more and more where it's like it's Steven Seagal and maybe one other person, like Steven Seagal and Pistol Whipped. Lance Heinrichsen and then another yeah, no one yeah. else. And Lance Heinrichsen is in maybe cool Lance Heinrichsen is in maybe. 25 minutes of that movie so it's like 
you, you have to keep that in mind. Like even in executive decision, you had John Leguizamo, oh, so you had Kurt like, Russell. Like it's like he, any new thing that Bruce Willis is in, though they put him on the poster and he's in it for fifteen minutes at the most. You know, mm-hmm. they do that kind well, of I'm, shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying like even the people that they choose to act alongside him, especially as we've gotten more like recent with his film. Yeah, dude, it's, it's just him. The la- the last, it's just him. The last ten years, like movies are a whole different ball game. So it's kind of tough when he's doing like straight to dvd and they're the same exact kind of films he's been doing his entire life mm-hmm. yep. the, the game just changed around the player playing the same game you can't can't help that. correct so a little a little backstory on why i chose this because i know i just rambled on about his career and the people he's acted with and blah 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 <laughs> um fan, this man. this one growing up this one was my favorite um, and I saw it way too Ooh. young. This is one of those, like, I'm, I'm at the video store in Canada. I'm at Video King. I'm looking at old rentals. Cause like I said, when you did an old rental, you get another one for free. So you could rent two for one. So if I picked an old rental, I could immediately get another one. I picked this one out. The cover looked badass. It's Steve, you know, it's Steven Skull's face and a silhouette. It's the sword. So it's like, it yeah, the, it's him yeah. with the sword. It's his fucking head, his giant pumpkin fucking head. Yeah, that's head. what it says on HBO and then, Max. That's the exact one I was staring at. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, so seeing that, I was like already on board. I Again, I had already seen Under Siege at this point. I had already seen um, Above the Law and Hard to Kill. Um so this obviously was like this one I saw a little later on again, still too, too young to see it. But I just like the fact that it towed the line between like, you know, some like we'll call it like some early hip hop, but more like, you know, reggae, like that era of like reggae, late really? 80s, early 90s, where it was it was fully reggae. But you still had, I think, uh, who the like I know Tone Loke was on the soundtrack. Obviously, oh, Jim you had Jimmy Cliff, Cliff like, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you had a. Cliff t- was I recognized when Step and Razor by Peter Tosh came out? Yeah, Peter. Yeah, Peter Tosh immediately. One of my favorite um, Peter Tosh songs, and more known maybe as the cover by Sublime. Correct. You'll still correct. recognize that. Yeah, 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 definitely. But I, I just I like the fact that this kind of walked that insane line between there is a there is a fight between essentially two cartels. You have the Colombians and the Jamaicans. Yeah, They're fighting the in, in fucking Chicago over a school territory. And somehow this <laughs> DEA agent gets Thanks involved <laughs> in this fucking hijinks. And it, it then transforms into a war of like, fucking magic and like magical influence it's fucking crazy it's this movie just... giving an elevator pitch because now joey is like oh okay that's what happened in this movie no it just like dude, this... dude honestly <laughs> joey I, watched I above like the, the law did you watch <laughs> above the law a little bit no i didn't i i haven't seen a lot of steven seagal movies even though my grandmother was huge in the steven seagal yeah me neither though me neither Lou outbalanced so, us here. We knew it, but that's going to be part of the fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so it's kind of so, new for us. Also, this movie was you, crazy, man. And Dude, you managed you managed to get another 1990 on the nose. How we always get these. We've done so many movies in the gap of just between me and Lou being born, where he's like, "Yeah, I was one years old when this movie came out." Like, yeah, he didn't know it, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, me and Joey didn't have a fucking chance. We we're twinkles in our dad's nutsacks, as you like to say. That was it. Correct. Correct. That makes, that makes sense. Your wrinkles in the ball sack at that point. Oh, that's and the thing is, wrinkles. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, 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 the other thing that I found fascinating about this movie too is like, 
if you continue to watch other, you know, if you watch Fire Down Below, if you watch The Patriot, Half Past Dead, the fucking Exit Wounds, oh, whatever. Okay, now we're going will, into the 2000s there, yeah. If, if, you, if you watch those movies, he has certain things that are reoccurring in his movies. And one of them is the unnecessary breaking, snapping of people's limbs. And he does yep. a little bit of that in this movie, but so I that, still feel like... the one that there's... Combat, dude. Dude, is oh, that a specific thing? Like, does he break everyone's back over his well, knee at the end? Of, like, it's so, a wrestling move? Or does he so breaks that, limbs? It depends I'm glad on you mentioned the that. I'm glad you movie, mentioned he that. Broke a guy's hard penis, and that's specific to that. <laughs> that was hard to kill because it was hard. I, uh, William Sadler's penis, I believe. That was. I really like the fact that you mentioned. So, <laughs> one thing I was noticing. I've only seen two Seagal movies. <laughs> three now. Three. <laughs> The one thing that was really funny, and I was noticing this again when I was specifically watching this one, when he is fighting his way through the compound in Jamaica, I really, really like the fact that he is essentially, he's not, he kills obviously a lot of people, but when he is engaged in close, like, hand-to-hand combat with just, like, random thugs, he's just, like, he's, like, like fucking snapping wrists breaking legs creating compound fractures he's not killing anyone at that point he's just severely fucking like mangling them yeah, no, and I then know. you get to you get to the final showdown which like How you said he fucking though? breaks the back he fucking fa- stabs his thumbs in the eyes like he literally oh, he, yeah he gouges he gouges, he gouges his fucking eyes <laughs> um and then throws him down an elevator shaft that is like excessive to the to the max but was what's like, crazy? It, was, it was pretty. Right it was pretty. Great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is not coming back in the sequel. But we'll get to that great last line that I'm going to talk about for three minutes on later. So, <laughs> <laughs> so is that you understood it now, Joey? After lose. Uh, oh yeah, two, yeah. Two yeah. Now I totally. Now I get the movie. <laughs> well, because a minute ago you were like for a second there, and I wanted to make sure Wait. I was like, what for a second? No, I was more. I was more. I was joking more than anything. Um, uh, that would have been yeah. good. Damn, good content. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. For me, first time seeing it and then watching it again like a week later, maybe not the kind of movie I want to watch twice in a week period, but... Suit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. At, I'm just... at indecisive opinions here, we have different opinions on things. But no, like there's enjoyable parts in it. It was more so of like me trying to literally get what you just said about like the two cartels fighting over school territory i was like oh i did not understand that was where it was located gotcha yeah. that makes a lot more sense now dot 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 no it doesn't but no it absolutely I, I, does not <laughs> but that's what i mean like i still it's my it's we know me second time watching something isn't that's that's nothing for me you know if i really enjoy a movie i'm probably gonna watch it 20 times if it came out before 2010 so yeah. picking up on something like that the second time around, yeah, that's not my strong suit. I feel like I might have missed a bunch of things. But the action and, like, when there's fights going on, you know, I don't know. I've been amping up, getting ready to see the new Indiana Jones and Mission Impossible movie. And, like, I'm watching shit like that where it is action and there's fighting. And this is 1990. It's before, well, maybe not Indiana Jones, but it's before Mission Impossible movies. And, like, the, the it's... It, it's interesting. It is. It's not just like yeah, we're fist fighting every single. No, there's swords. There's mm-hmm. guns. They try to make reasons in the plot for the final battle to not have guns at all, and goes from sword fighting to fist fighting to back breaking. But you know, it's there. It's different. It's not all 
totally formulaic. So it may, so now that's why I was like, ah, so he does kind of do some of these things in the other movies though. It's just Steven Seagal with a new name playing the guy who has a short fuse. (laughs) So he, so, and and this is kind of where I was going with that. So the one thing that he is, is very known for in his films, like without a doubt, if you ask anybody, shooting people, Oh, naked not? ladies. You're not even out of the What's funny Uh-oh. is like the credits just barely fucking ended and there's tits out of the gate. I mean, it, you're, you're, yeah. you know what you're in for at I, this point. Uh, I specifically mentioned that to Kara, my, <laughs> my female friend, when I started watching the movie for the podcast and five minutes in, I was like boobs and Bush. It was like, knocked yeah, up. I was like, maybe not, not actually Bush, but I'm quoting knocked up. Yeah. If seriously, very quickly. And she's very looks nice. It was. Uh, I would have gotten shot in the chest three times as well. From I-O. you know, a whole nine yards kind of distraction. Hell yeah! On. It was <laughs> uh, Joey? boobs, Joey. What's up? <laughs> boobs. Where's the gun? It, no, it, that was good though. Like they show her, and he kind of is like oh, deer in the headlights, or maybe not. But like the second shot of her, she's got a gun and shoots him, and it's like, yo, this was yeah. instant. What? Somebody go catch Machete right now. This is mm-hmm. a mess. <laughs> So, like, yeah, right off the bat, they're throwing you in it. It it has all the beats of what any good action movie should have. So, you know, me minding the dialogue and plot reasoning and whatnot in certain spots is like, yeah, it's, yeah, you can overlook it. It's Steven Seagal. You know what you're fucking getting into. That's why I was like, it's his movies for a exactly. reason. You, you know, Honestly, you're either a fan or you're not. <laughs> I, I, I liked it quite a bit. I'm not going to lie. Like, this is something I'd probably throw on. I like, I liked well, it. If I, I liked was it doing, more than if I, I was, like, if I was doing something like in the house, like shit like that, you know, cooking some food or whatnot, I'd throw this on just, you know, and catch, you know, glimpses of it every now and well, then. Well, because yeah, because there's there always something downtime. cool going on. Well, that and there's always there's always something cool going on. Like when you're like not paying attention, all of a sudden you're paying attention and see the spells in a fight scene, fucking snapping motherfuckers and cutting off heads and other shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> that head it's, cut it's, off. Dude, that was pretty. It was that was a uh, that was pretty Tom Savini esque, like early, early Tom Savini. Wow, yeah, it was. <laughs> Just about because it was like all it was like, it was like practical effects and shit, you know, like that's like real shit. It was very pretty practical. Cool. That's that. Yeah, that was some of the stuff that I could enjoy from it, like explosions and shit, not CGI. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like I know if it says 1990 and Steven Seagal's in it, I know what I'm getting into. So it's not like I didn't like it. It's just, there is that like kind of, I don't know, not goofy or over the top, but just like little like bit of B movie cheese that he kind of like, that he, that he, that he weans into way more on the later films, obviously that I know Lou knows more about what Mm -hmm. I'm saying, but like, I I know know, it makes sense that people like these movies, especially this as like his third Basically, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, right? Isn't it the I mean, third I or fourth much, Something like that. Yeah, there's. It's still filmography earlier, right? Because like he's really movies. only in like his movies. You're like, what do I know this guy yeah. from? And it's like, I don't know, machete. Well, his own shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that he just does his own thing. So it's so I don't know. I think it's very easy to give a pitch or recommend or not because it's Mm. this style and you either know it or you don't know it. And then once you watch one fucking movie, you know it. And then you either like it or you don't like it. And that's why I was like, no, I do. I do. I liked it. There's just parts that I didn't. (laughs) 
For the most part, though, it won me over. I'm an action. I just said Indiana Jones Mission Impossible. Like it, it has all those beats, and then gives you five minutes of plot filler. You know, I just need I need a little more of that drive and interest on some of mm. those things, which I would say with like a lot of movies that are like this. You know, it's nothing against Seagal or something. Like Under Siege is just the better version of it. Base, you know, it's the same mm. thing. His other movies, if they don't have that in between. Like something, one of them in there is going to have what you want. And that's what it yeah. is. Yeah, that and like executive decision. I haven't watched those movies in a while, but I remember liking them. I remember the big casts and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's the He's thing specific, is specific guy. Specifically, and specifically for this being, you know, his third, essentially, this precedes him leading up to when he actually, you know, what are arguably people would say does his best people, work or he, his best work was either under siege or executive decision i mean right, that which, which is at the middle and end of this decade so like he's nearly correct there, and he just correct. started out so i'm not the kind of guy that wants to knock somebody on their first venture like obviously above the law is like still one of his best films and it's the first thing he did mm-hmm. and it's and it's like the writer and director that did a bunch of other like, well-known, I don't remember who the fucking guy is, but he's done a bunch of other well-known things, you know? And this is that era coming out of, like, the Lethal Weapon movies just kind of taking over action, I feel like, you know? Buddy cop yeah. genre kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, having this specific, like, one guy and he hasn't even done his best thing yet. I'm not gonna <laughs> knock. I'm not gonna knock that shit. Well, and what's uh, what's also interesting about this, too, is, like, this, although you get, again, you get a lot of those you know, types of uh, close, close quarters, hand-to-hand combat. Aikido, I think, is the name of what he practices as martial arts. Forgive me yeah, if that's incorrect. Arts, I think um, yeah. But this, for the amount of, I know you guys had pointed out, there's sword fighting, there's explosions, there's gun work, uh, hand-to-hand combat. This has an alarmingly small amount of fucking snapping wrists and elbows, comparatively speaking to some of his other movies. So in, in some senses, it's like this is a little bit more grounded, I want to say, even though the plot is completely off the fucking rails. I would say from yeah. an action standpoint, <laughs> it doesn't just it doesn't just rely on I snap someone's arm. I punch through their fucking leg. I rip their dick off, whatever. Like this still has the sword work. It still has the gunplay. It still has, again, all of these other aspects. There's even fucking an, an illegal weapon making montage. I mean, what fucking action movie is is complete without tipping, fu- you know, taking bullets and, you know, putting mercury on it and sawing off the barrel okay. of shotguns and putting silencers on sniper rifles and or fully automatic weapons. So Highly specific. illegal federal crimes. But Steven Skull's doing this on the way to Jamaica, which is even funnier because you're traveling across With international waters into another country uh, with these illegal weapons. Fucking see, brilliant. I'm glad that you led into it like that because I was like, yeah, I enjoyed the gun shooting montage like pineapple express kind of thing with the three guys there but dude the, shooting the, the giant the, slab of meat yeah, the on giant the wall dude how impractical is that it's gonna stink afterwards dude oh i was just yeah. waiting for that to come out. Hey, listen joey we don't we don't know they're in chicago it's the land of fucking pork <laughs> and beef and, and cured meats you know, like, we don't know. We don't know that somehow, some way, fucking, you know, Max, a.k.a. Keith David, maybe for, he stole it from the school that he works at because he's a high school football coach. Like, we don't know. We don't know where he got it. Yeah. Oh, 
I love no, that he's I, a football coach. <laughs> that's, I, all, that's all I got. So I, 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 had, I had heard, I had heard an interview um, with John Leguizamo, and he was talking about his time on the set with Steven Seagal on Executive Decision. And I'm not yes. going to get into that, but he pointed out something really funny. And he said, and I noticed, and I'd seen the clip before rewatching this again, because I hadn't rewatched this in a few years. So I was like, all right, I want to rewatch this before the podcast. And I saw the clip and he basically called out Steven Seagal for like, I, I don't, this is in poor taste, the statement, but he said something along the lines of like, he runs like a goofball. Right, he runs. He runs like an oh, idiot. Oh my god! And, and I, and, and dude, oh, and I noticed it twice that. in this movie. I we're noticed it twice that. in this movie where he was he was running one time when he was running with Keith David. They were jogging together through the neighborhood or whatever. And Steven Seagal sounded so fucking out of breath when he was delivering his lines of dialogue. It was so funny. But like, <laughs> I just noticed him the way he jogs around and the way that his arm, or his hand and wrist, like kind of dude, float next to him. Like it is Allen so in slow motion. It is so ridiculous, but I could, and I could not fucking unsee it. What, having having Luguzama point that out, and it was really funny. His story is really good. I encourage <laughs> all of you to go and check it out. I think it, he recorded it on QTV, I believe it was, which I, I think is a Quebec or a Canadian like podcast, television show. They interview musicians and actors and stuff. Um, ton of really good content there, but um, that that story is so funny. And he mentioned he specifically called out the way in which Steven Seagal ran the way he like ran on set and exercise. It's so fucking funny to me uh, because I noticed it immediately. As soon as I saw it again on this, I was like, Holy so, shit. Luzamo was fucking right. Like so fucking funny. So fucking even, funny. I didn't even want to write a note on that, but I can't believe it came up. Cause I noticed. <laughs> That's funny. That's fucking funny. I mean, I just saw the flash movie and I was like, yeah, he's supposed to have that weird way of running that acts like he's like, pushing things by because he's moving so fast or so i don't know what it is but they always have the flash run like that to capture the comic book thing of it and then i just see steven seagal's like hands like flailing way too high for some <laughs> reason and i'm i'm like uh okay so it it, it capped <laughs> off it capped off Certain everything motor skills are not there correct it capped off everything that i i love about this movie um in a nutshell and the, the one thing I – it's so fucking goofy. Dude, it's, the villain's name is Screwface. Come on. Aikido. It's the Aikido Dude, way so, of running. Yeah, he, tra- he, he was trained to do this, guys. Yes. Yeah, he, he, he would have him. something. I guarantee you if, you if you ask him about it, he would have some fucking explanation as to why he ran like that. And it would be this just unnecessary, like – I don't know. He'd have some bullshit. Yeah, he had some fucking bullshit. Twenty uh, minutes. Yeah. I was, I was in uh, uh, fucking Thailand. And I was talking to this monk, and he was teaching me how to run. And this Buddhist like monk. That. Monk. How to run without moving your legs. To... Without moving your legs. So the <laughs> one. I have that. I I believe that. <laughs> so the one thing, the one thing I will point out because I know that he does get a lot of flack, especially if you've seen like some of his more recent like fighting montages and stuff or demonstrations they look pretty terrible in hindsight but he does have a a fairly like extensive history in like being fully trained as like martial arts and running he had i think it was his father's school that he ran as well um i want to say in like japan like he ran a dojo he was way young way young um but it's it's cool that he is an example of somebody who had like legit 
martial arts training, not unlike Jackie Chan, although obviously Jackie Chan seems to call two very different people, Jean-Claude, two, three very different people. But it's cool to see that like grounded, like, no, I, I know how to do martial arts. I know how to do Aikido. It's just now at fucking whatever, 70 years old, I am too fat and slow to be able to do that anymore. Oh my God. But it's, it's always cool when you have somebody who does have that training, because in these moments, like there were some sequences that, especially the close quarters combat stuff in, in his first, like even for, I would say 10 to 15 movies, even in pistol whip, which I think was 96. He was very big at that point. There were some really great fucking shots and it was like, okay, he knows something. And, and yes, there is fucking camera magic. There is whatever, but like, it still looks good. And in this movie, there are some fucking legit, cool hand to hand sequence or hand to hand fighting sequences. Which obviously, his training in some way, shape, or form, I'm sure, was employed to make that look as good as it did. Because, dude, we've seen fucking movies where you have you have an action star playing a martial artist or attempting to do mixed martial arts yeah, they I mean, don't have just, the training like, they don't have the training it's like Jackie fucking movies? <laughs> correct but it's like but even think about like think about the amount of training that like keanu did prior to the oh, john wick yeah. movies yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what i'm saying oh, yeah. like he actually did legitimate gun work you know sword work whatever like he did martial arts i think i think he studied muay thai or something it, it doesn't matter he he trained and had prep work for that but it always looks so much better even just a little bit of training how to properly reload a gun how to hold a fucking sword which i don't know how to fucking do that but when you see it and you watch the behind the scenes footage and they talk to fucking grandmaster fucking quigon yoda and they're like yeah well actually i taught steven how to hold the sword properly or keanu how to fucking fart when he's in a fucking gi or whatever like it that shows through in the movie and i find that shit to be interesting you know, it's it's cool when folks have that backbone. And Steven Seagal, even though he's fat and old and ridiculous looking, um, has that fucking history. And it's fucking wicked cool to see that in action in one of his first fucking movies. This being marked for death. So anyway, yeah, I will step, I'll step off the soapbox. Uh, I, I have so much more to say about this movie, but I want to give you guys the opportunity to fucking continue to, to talk about this. And not having me interrupt gonna things. Add that he doesn't, uh, he doesn't like rip his shirt off or any or do any of that like gratuitous kind of look at my abs or whatever you know like action or ass. Stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> like yeah, like Jean Claude yeah. in every fucking movie right. he's been exactly. in. Like like very for that. Look era. at my butt. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this is the era of men's butts in movies, and we don't <laughs> have that. We just have a lot of boobies. You know, like I like that. There's a, I there's also a like thing. that. There's a lady butter too. She I also like that. And you also see, you see part of the sister's boob too. Remember when she's attacked at the oh, house? Oh, yeah, yeah. You, oh, she's, just, I couldn't count that, uh, how many boobs they're doing that magic. Which, by the way, that, uh, which, by the way, why the voodoo, fuck, homie? Why the yeah. fuck would, you, would you stay at the house? If your house is marked for, no, if, if you I have the mark, why the fuck would you stay there? Okay, so now you had a car. all the... These are all the things I was talking about. One guard? <laughs> one guard in a fucking Chevy Caprice classic? No, fucking that's bullshit. <laughs> no, and then he shows up the second time and she's like, they'll be back. They said they're going to kill us both. And he's like, okay, okay. Now maybe we won't stay here anymore. And it was like, the first time you should not be doing it. I like how there was plywood on the front door too. Did yeah, you notice yeah, that yeah. when during, during, dude, it was so fucking hilarious looking because it's like, really okay. Good. 
not only not only do you have a guard outside, which of course the neighbors are probably like, what the fuck is going on with our neighbors in this quiet fucking Chicago suburb? Oh yeah, not even <laughs> you know, like when the fucking you know car sandwich happens and a car explodes. Oh, uh, so a great suburban neighborhood. It's a great, yeah, great part, great part. <laughs> I really like that too, where it took him forever to notice. Like, oh, they're doing road work in the middle of the night. Like, why are all these people like Dude, out? And- okay, okay, so that is like. That's the it's ah oh, geez not even like a quarrel or whatever this is that I have with it but it's just is that the editing that they did on purpose because something like that I picked up on immediately immediately when he makes like his first like head gesture of like come on I'm just like yeah that's me in traffic and then another thing goes wrong and I'm like is this, this is planned like mm-hmm. get a, like get out of there but it's still like he's sitting there staring at one car going backwards the other one going forwards and i was literally like this has to have been on purpose there's no editor that sits in there for this long just like i'm gonna drag this part out intensify click 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 click. oh no this was totally like that was 100 percent pre-planned to be that way but it's also ridiculous because it's like because it is are we are we led to believe that he is very poor at picking up on situational clues you know, like he is this ex DEA agent, but it's like, dude, you should. The moment you saw a fucking giant garbage truck pulling out in front behind you at fucking whatever, yeah, eleven thirty at night on a weekday, still. I'm not garbage night. Here. You know, like, <laughs> come on, come on. The, the, the late night garbage route is what they do in Chicago or wherever the fuck. Yeah, it must be. See, that's all I was saying was there's certain things that are ridiculous in this. Doesn't, so doesn't take away from it being a good action movie with all the other, you know, it has its it has its ups and downs, kind of like kind of like the Boondock Saints series when we did that, you know. One movie, a other movie like you missed the mark. And this is just this is just kind of a classic for that time. A lot of action movies that are very like this. Schlocky dialogue shit that makes no sense in the plot in between great it's like they plan for the action first you get steven oh, seagal exactly you know you're doing that and then everything else is written around and like everything else is secondary dude everything absolutely. else is secondary and that's why it's like you can't hate on them it's like blink 182 writing hit singles they know what they're doing they're doing it on purpose exactly exactly the best thing i have to say about it ridiculous yet meticulous because mm. they're planning nice. for the action when they know they have steven seagal and then everything else is written around a little probably against the norm of how movies like this, maybe not at the time, but at least nowadays were were made or written, you know, kind of like how we write songs. Who knows if we're doing it the normal way or not? We Correct. just do it. <laughs> we just do it. <laughs> we just do what we do, man. Work that we do is work that we do. Willy, 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 woo. Loo. Just because it rhymes with so so speaking speaking of the weight like either how traditional non-traditional this movie is plot all that great stuff now as a kid the twist at the end of this movie rattled my fucking brain made no sense and or just like what it made no sense i did not see that coming at all it blew and your fucking mind dude there there were so many points now like having watched this again as an adult you know multiple times it's like Okay, Screwface's secret is that he has four eyes and two heads. It's like, that's pretty fucking obvious in hindsight. 
now oh, going back on they, it. That's what but they as say. A, but as a kid, I'm just like, what uh, the fuck does that mean? I feel like and, a kid. And, it's my second time watching this. I have no idea. And, and as a kid, too, like, you know, <laughs> when they finally team up with Charles and he's holding his head and then he gets run through with a sword and it's like, yeah. what? It's like, he's he's magic. He's not dead. It's like, no, motherfucker, just, just as twins. You know, like, that's the whole fucking crux of this whole thing. That was the twist. But, dude, as a kid, I just blew before, me away. Dude, this is like years before The Prestige came out. Holy shit. Blew my fucking mind. Christopher my- Nolan is a fucking vandalized dude he's ripping he's ripping off fucking goddamn mark for death so so i wanted i wanted to ask each of you honest opinion did you see that twist coming (laughs) honest honest honestly (laughs) did you see that fucking coming i can't lie not at all homie (laughs) <laughs> Dude, I was, I, I was, it was, I was so clueless as a kid, Not and I one still didn't fucking recognize it. I, I, like, I honestly it, was like, "Wow, I'm gonna have to bump my letterbox rating of this up like a point five star just because they kind of shocked me in the last twenty minutes." I uh-huh. gave, I gave it like a golfer <laughs> clap. It's just like, bravo, Steven Seagal. Bro, I don't know how you did that, but all right, all right. I, I was kind of thinking that it. first final boss battle was a little quick. That was what it was, though, but I didn't have any reason as to why. I was just like, wait, the movie has, like, five more minutes left. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it for me. That's my thought process. (laughs) The clock is not up yet. (laughs) I know. Dude, it's the same as, like, talking about Wallace becoming the were-rabbit, you know? It still took me, like, three times, I think, watching that movie to get that so here's your example of it lou where my first time honestly nope, yeah not at all fooled me dude made it made it way better though well, even, and- even if it was five more minutes and that was it like i don't know but it, still it, it, dude dude screw that- is he's freaky man when he takes his sunglasses off like halfway through the movie i don't think dude. he ever blinks after that and those green eyes like they really uh. do a good job Right after that moment, when he does that, I remember he's like screaming, "Like, I want you to find his his wife and his daughter, look, whatever he says, like, find their whole family." It's just like, dude, it was freaky. Like, it's what you want your villain to be. You see that he's like, he's gonna do whatever it takes and mm-hmm. kill anybody that gets in his way. Like, it was, I don't fucking know, man. For this being fucking, uh, this dude's like first movie he ever did. Pretty good job. Look it up. Immigrated from Jamaica. First movie listed on IMDb. First thing ever listed nice. for this actor who played Screwball. Screwface. I'm going to keep Screwface. saying it now, Joey. Screwface. Oh, son of a fucking... <laughs> so it's, so the one thing the one thing I wanted to point out too about about that last like whatever ten minutes of the movie itself after uh, after Charles gets stabbed and it's like oh, oh my god that. he sees twins or whatever oh yeah dude I that really part, really like freaky score that happened when the knife went dude, through him. And that was that, like that was the weirdest CGI I think that they had in the movie though. That was the only effect that they really didn't like turn the camera at the last second, you know, to cheat it. That dude, was like that was legit. Was, right? It was No, like that looked like Spider-Man and this is over 10 years before Spider-Man yeah, came that, out. That, that was good. It's before Jurassic Park. This is before any of the big booms yeah. of CGI. This that whole last sequence like watching the frighteners and you're like, no wonder Peter Jackson went on to do everything he did. Look at this shit in 95. Mm-hmm. It's so essentially after Charles gets stabbed, 
and they they basically they run up the stairs. Keith David oh, gets Patrick shot does. in that room, yeah, I feel and he runs up the stairs to fight him. Dude, the one thing I wanted to mention about that sequence where basically they block the door and so Keith David's like, he, he's like, he was like, I'll, he's like, I'll cover you. Don't worry. That whole sense of like the Jamaicans trying to get through the door. He's injured, standing there with a gun at the top of the stairs, basically like, I'll hold him off if I can kind of thing. I know. And he seems that fine was so stressful. It. That seemed that and then they're, they're obviously fighting like hand to hand combat. They're using the blades, which are basically those have like a magical significance for obviously uh, Screwface and his crew. I don't know if you remember him telling what it was, but he's like, this is the shaft of whatever, and it'll bring rain hellfire upon our enemies or whatever. Yeah, I but, didn't like, know like what it meant. I remember him saying some shit like that, but yeah, I kind of missed so, like, you know, the, the backbone of the reason. I really, I'm sure I really like that sequence. I love the last like 10 minutes, like the final sequence of the movie where dude, you have really the twist. Good. I was it worried was... for Keith David. Like when he, the second time dude. they go back to him after he says what you said and the three guys like come through and he shoots them all right away. I was still oh, like, yeah. I was like, yo, you're expendable. Like it's motherfucking Keith David. Seeing him die in enough movies or be presumed dead to be like, mm-hmm. this, isn't, this isn't out of the box, but you know, it's like watching Steve Buscemi die in something. You just like feel like, nah, like doesn't matter. If they're even a good guy or a bad guy, you kind of just feel yeah. you feel a, a way because you love them because they're great and they're known to be very wholesome, good people in real life. So and Steven Seagal is the lead. So, yeah, he's expendable. That's basically it. Correct. And so you mentioned if kind Charles of some of the just died. Yeah. Expendable, man. Yeah. You mentioned you mentioned some of like the the back end stuff. I do want to speak to that a little bit because I did end up I did end up doing a little bit of research into essentially like the forms of magic that were utilized in like the movie and some of the, whether it's the real world applications. Yeah. Yeah, So I want to get, I want to get into that um, in a second, but before before we do that, I I wanted to mention one of my favorite like moments of dialogue specific because we're talking about Keith David specifically. One of my favorite moments of dialogue in this movie is after Steven Seagal goes up, goes up like John Hatcher goes up, to confront Jimmy fingers in like his apartment or whatever, <laughs> where he has the two hookers and yeah, you know, part. you know, Jimmy fingers essentially is this, whatever he's this like sleazeball dude who sells weapons and dude, I, I deals drugs. So he runs into not only Jimmy fingers, but also we'll like Nesta. Off my balls or whatever the fuck dude, he he, yeah, he's like, he's like, I'd sell anything to anybody, but I, but you, I wouldn't even sell the sweat off my balls. Dude, (laughs) that's not what was, that's not what was funny. So it was after, it was after uh, Hatcher kills both Jimmy Fingers and Nesta. And Uh, he goes back down to the truck. He jumps out the window. He doesn't kill nobody, motherfucker. He goes goes downstairs and and Keith David's like, well, and he's like, one thought he was invincible. Invincible? The other thought he could fly. He's like, so? (laughs) They were both wrong. Dude, Dude, that was so fucking good. That was so good. That writing right there was just that like, was, yes, um, that, that was epitomizes. Specific- yeah, no, that was, that was actually specifically what I was uh, saying to somebody else while watching this when they're just like, you know, oh, you guys are doing a Steven Seagal movie or whatever. Such a, it's such mm-hmm. a Steven I, Seagal line. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> like, I was like, you know, like it's 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 got what you expect. Like it's got the action, it's pretty good and all the fights and stuff, and then there's goofy ass catchphrases after deaths. <laughs> I specifically was like and after people die, there's pretty crazy like little catchphrases after it, you know? Like he's got he's got a couple of them in this, and that's definitely a quick scene where there's a few right there. 
But yep. I, uh, I like it. <laughs> Good writing, so, as you said. So yeah, no, no, that it was that all right there. I I can tell that he's involved in like most of the script for at least like a lot of the first movies he was in. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like it, for it, that line, like if those, you know these... he's gonna be your guy, same as Jackie Chan. Like if you know Jackie Chan's the guy in your movie, let him do the stunt choreography and stuff like that. You know, it's his ball field. Mm-hmm. I'm sure well, Seagal has a lot of say in what he's saying as well as like the moves and martial arts moves. You know, he's putting on people. Well, the mirrors it seems he's like, breaking. <laughs> it seems like literally in this, like in this movie in particular, like the lines, the one-liners and stuff like that, that he delivers, it basically sums up perfectly every other 1980s action film that had yeah, the same yeah. formula to right. a T. That's why it doesn't matter it if is... it's fucking Commando. It doesn't matter. Like you can insert <laughs> fucking Cobra. I mean, any one of those it action feels films. Like any from of the, those guys, yeah. dude. Arnold. It feels like any of them just Stallone, shot, shot older. Damme. Yeah, it's it's All perfect. It. You're right. It is like it's it's really cool how this. Yeah, we wouldn't have had. We might not have had as much to say if this was like a five a movie like five years ago from Seagal. But we have the 90s as the reference at like the peak, the turn of it. You know, like this is 1990. This movie came out. Oh, no wonder it feels like it's an 80s fucking movie. That's everything that comes out at the turn of a decade. Basically, the first year or two, it's not in its decade. If it's a it's like hearkening back to the decade that just passed. Mm hmm. That's pretty much every, you know, like, is that what we're going to call the thing? Yeah, the thing. John Carpenter's The Thing is an 80s movie. Are you fucking kidding me? No way. Exactly. <laughs> Evil Dead 2 Dead by Dawn is an 80s movie. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> like, there's just too much homage to what happened before. It. And that's why this is right at 90. Like, it's not like it doesn't fit in with the 90s. It's just there is this whole vibe from Seagal. Of these movies, I don't know. I've only seen Hard to Kill and Under Siege, I guess, around it, but they all do have this just like I don't know, not like low budget, but just a little like I get if these weren't blockbusters, but they could have like they were just so close to being that. Like, yeah, there's so many stars in this movie and the action and everything. I don't know why people weren't in maybe, maybe if it was Stallone or Arnold in this, that would have happened, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Same fucking movie, but one of them just a bigger draw. I think that's the only thing like I would go into this movie knowing what I knew and probably still enjoy most of it like I did at the time. But it's just I don't know. It's just fun thinking about that time man. the 90s. 90s guys. I believe I asked this like a year or two ago. Here's my annual ask for anyone with a time machine. a la DeLorean or something. Give it to me. Uh, Lurking at Instagram. Come. Yeah. Sign our DM. Even if you're in testing phases, I'm pretty sure one of us would be interested in just testing it out for you. Yeah, we'll be sure. Some, we'll be fucking <laughs> go over. We want to go places. End up like that fucking pig thing in fucking Galaxy Quest. Or like what about Squidward and fucking SpongeBob, dude? Going too far oh, into the yeah, future. Dude. Like, come on. Dude, I yeah. love that. No, when they fucking, they're trying to beam up something and they practice on the creature and then it just, yeah, they're trying all, to beam up it's, yeah. it's, it, it's inside <laughs> out and there's like steam coming out of it and all their faces are like, Ugh. so good. That's the oh, in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Sam Rockwell says something hilarious. Like, uh, I think he said something like that. Good shit. <laughs> Any like sequences or lines, Joey, that we didn't mention? 
Uh, I mean, honestly, I you know, there's, I don't there's know. so many one-liners. I had only watched this. <laughs> can't really think of anything off the top of my head that you guys didn't say. Yeah. You know? I think we've said a lot of the stuff I was thinking of, too, but I did. There was, like, the drive-by seek i don't know scene whatever that mm-hmm. is um i th- i think what i liked most about it was when keith david drops him off and zips out the camera sits there for a second and i'm like oh this is doing like a slow fade like some classy fucking nope. 80s ma- <laughs> dude yeah no like and then that car just zipped right around and i was like oh fuck and yeah they should have left immediately but I don't know. That was that was pretty intense. Like, yeah, fucking the daughter gets shot and everything. There's a whole yeah. Th- I just love the reasoning for like. It seems like it's so planned, but now Steven Seagal is out for revenge. This time, it's personal. You shot this young girl. It's a whole. You treat her like movie. she's the president. Money I... is no option. You treat her like she's the president. I Dude, forget the exact so ridiculous they have, but now this means war. Like, yeah, it's his niece. Was, it's his niece. That's what it was. It's his yeah. niece. I thought that that was. I was like, is that his fucking sister or his daughter or his wife? It was a took me like, yeah, it took me a couple. Yeah, okay. So now I figured that out right now in this very moment. Uh, but yeah, no, I knew. I knew. Always learning was, something new. Well, because whenever they talk about him, they say, like, get his family or whatever, you know? That's why I yeah. muttered over it earlier when Screwball was going crazy. Screwface, did I do it again? <laughs> Screwface. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gonna keep happening. It's, it's over okay. now. I said it was over a minute ago and got upset about it, and now I don't give a fuck. You know who I'm talking about. He's the guy in the movie with the green eyes and the voodoo shit. <laughs> Fuck his name, God damn motherfucking stupid names that should just be screwball, but it's Taserface. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> when that whole part happens, that whole thing. It was good though. I even though I kind of like chuckled, the really like this is personal now was like it's it's a plot device. So, exactly. Uh, I like I like shit like you know that's why I'm like they're not doing it wrong was the reason I disliked it it's just like the fucking shockiness of some of it because it's the 90s I think is like yeah I don't know kind of kind of good cheesy action movie stuff nothing wrong with that though nothing wrong and also whenever Keith David was talking about how he just was like kind of racist towards Jamaicans and thought they're all just like dreaded like weed hippies or whatever he calls them that was yeah. Like, yeah, that was a good bit too. Was that like Keith David? No, he he was cast very well in this, and I feel like he definitely juxtaposed Steven Seagal's acting very well. <laughs> like Keith David's <laughs> very very much grounded, and he's, he's very grounded, good at what dude. he does. He's, he's, you know, he's, like, really, he's, he's really good at doing that specific type of role, though, too. Well, dude, yeah, he's, yeah, think he's not about the it. dead lead. He's not the dead lead. That's always yeah. Even though that doesn't back shit to most like people you gotta working yeah he's keith david keith david single-handedly had to act alongside fucking goddamn rowdy roddy piper yeah like for fucking 100 you know for 120 minutes dude roddy piper cannot fucking act dude i thought thought you were gonna say martin sheen's kids for a second dude it's the fucking fight scene in cinema history oh my god that that is, is, i fucking dude. hate that i right. fucking hate that no, i hate that sequence that dude oh. it's so fucking funny dude it's like fucking 15 minutes long they're just fighting 
That's all. Trying the glasses. Just trying the glasses. It's like, God, no, I'm not gonna try on the glasses, dude. It's uh, gonna tell I you to. It's gonna. Face. It's gonna tell you to go on a nice vacation, and you'll find the truth behind going on that nice vacation, man. <laughs> Just put on uh, these rads and. Obey. <laughs> yes, classic though. It is like it's slow though. It's kind of. I feel like that pace was what Carpenter was doing for a while. And, well, and you it was know, that, and thing. also you hire a fucking wrestler. You hire yeah. a professional oh, wrestler. You need to have him do some of that shit in the movie. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to make up for like Rowdy Roddy Piper or anything here. And but, I love uh, They Live. Don't get me wrong. Just, I love that movie, but that was painful. No, Every time for, I watch it, that's painful. Dude, if people think Halloween is slow, then what the fuck do you think yeah, that part sure. of They Live is? Like, come on, seriously. Oh, God, the yeah. only I'm, slow I'm part lie. of Halloween is the beginning or the intro or whatever you want to call it. Like you can't say no. That's not I'm the not movie to say that is in- slow by John Carpenter. I'm sorry, Christine. <laughs> Wait, did he do Christine? Yeah, he did. Okay, yeah. Christine is the slow. <laughs> Christine is fucking slow, dude. It's slow Christine's though, slow. right? Nothing wrong with yeah. it. Christine's great. Every it's an adaptation, but still, up. they live is known for that, dude. Everyone loves talking about that scene, though. It's that and the bubblegum quote. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Every time that fight scene comes up, though, man, I I do fast forward through that sometimes. Oh my god, you <laughs> dude! Yeah, I, I, it's, I, uh, it's like it's literally like ten. I minutes. look on like, my I look, I look on my phone and like I answer back group messages for a little bit. <laughs> so so listen, the the one thing the one thing I did want to mention, what I found very entertaining in this, because I know we're getting up around our our next uh, little break moment here before we go into facts and stuff. Um, so I know, I know we referenced obviously the soundtrack a little bit and we referenced that track that was played John Crow in which Jimmy Cliff and Steven Seagal uh, were credited in. I found it very interesting. So in, in this movie in particular, they have two songs that they play twice throughout the movie. They play that John Crow song twice in the movie. And I think part of it's because obviously you get Jimmy Cliff to do the music and Steven Seagal is credited. They play it twice, but they also play the song by Jimmy Cliff, No Justice, twice in the movie. And we're not talking oh. fucking credit songs. These are in the movie. Like we him, play right? this twice in they, the movie. Yeah, Jimmy Cliff. Yeah, Jimmy Cliff is performing in uh in yeah, I believe in, in Jamaica. Right? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. It's towards the end there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the yeah, when he's looking for that when he's looking for that chick that hung out with Screwball. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, Use and the party. They're, suddenly, they're in a totally different location in the bar and the music is way farther away and so much quieter. I was like, wow, not if Lurking Class was playing that bar. No. <laughs> um no. Uh so no, the where reason I bring is screw <laughs> like, The reason yeah, the reason <laughs> dude, the reason I bring that suck. up the reason I bring that up about them playing the, a song twice in the movie like that is um, they also fucking did that in Exit Wounds with fucking DMX. DMX has a song in there, No Sunshine, which they also play twice in the movie. And I don't know if that's because the budget didn't allow them to get any more fucking songs. I don't know why mm-hmm. they, they do that. But I, because, look, we're all, you know, the three of us are musicians. When I watch movies, obviously the score, the soundtrack, that is something that I also pay attention to. So when I hear a fucking song that's played not once, but fucking twice in the movie, to you know, further either through a montage or whatever, it's just like, 
why are we playing this again? We've already <laughs> played this. So it just—it's a very Blues, interesting the choice. King of recognizing reprises in a part that does not need to be reprised. I, I just don't—I don't—I don't get. I don't get it, you and it was—it just tickled a me. Song by our band here that we just released recently on Bandcamp and on other streaming sites, but whatever you use. And they could have used that in the movie. Exactly, right? Yes. Not, no, no. Self-promotion. No, truth. No, not at all. We do not have a new uh, release out called Shameless. The Other EP that is on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music that contains three songs, which you should all listen to. U.S. Outpost 31. Too. The Deep Sleep. It is on Deezer and <laughs> Pamela's Love. Three songs. You should check them out. Um, they are brand new. Definitely was – they did not appear in Marked for Death, but – you can but uh, Keith enjoy David them. is in Mark for Death, Keith, who's also Keith, in the thing. Correct. Is the oh, and if you want it, is there music in the movie? Hit us up. Let's talk about it. Let's talk yeah. it through. Lurking Let's talk class it through. Official at Gmail and Lurking Class Band on Instagram. Those are the hubs that we are generally at. We also like mm-hmm. Hotbox Pizza. Uh, that's <laughs> an Hell yeah, Shemmy Films. That's one of our yeah. <laughs> That's our King Hotbox Pizza. I just had to say things we were into. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you're seeing the Jasons in West Virginia this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Love giving like a, another pointless ad in the midst of like shameless self-promotion. But yeah, we haven't released anything in like a year. So fuck you guys. Go listen to that shit. Keith David is in this movie and his name is Childs is yep. the character in the thing. And we say that in our song, Use Outpost. 31 and Wilford Brimley is also in it and I believe Donald Moffat with his eyebrows makes fucking those goddamn things would fly off his face if it wasn't connected <laughs> by skin dude I swear to god so while you're doing that go back and listen to our trapped uh, trapped in paradise episode if you're <laughs> listening at listening to this one at christmas time for some god reason damn. let me reroute you All it's right. got scallions it's is <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Favorite car- oh my god damn it. god damn it uh, i believe he was nominated for an independent spirit award for that role too there's definitely- or like a fucking razzie or some shit and then, <laughs> i think steven seagal like got you know best director for fucking uh god i can't even think of a movie to make fun of Dude, he 100%. I'm pretty sure that he was nominated for, for, <laughs> for some fucking, I, I don't know if it was like Half no Past way. Dead or something. Dude, no, 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 no. I'm saying Razzies, dude. I'm saying Razzies. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Never mind. <laughs> no. Yeah. I will, I will keep this brief because I know that two of us are melting. Um, so, so <laughs> yeah. the, the, the one thing, the one thing I wanted to mention, these are two two pieces of like uh, research I did in preparation for this, and one of them is in regards to a phrase that is thrown around a lot in this movie. Obviously, this film deals heavily in Jamaican culture, um, various types of you know uh, mystical beliefs, spirituality, magic, religion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there is one term that's thrown around a lot, and it's blood clot. Now, literally, the term itself means a sanitary napkin. If you notice, if you notice the Jamaicans, they refer to Steven Seagal, John Hatcher, multiple times as blood clot, not to be confused with bamba clot, right? Two separate different things here. But literally, blood clot is a tampon, right? That's if that's what the literal translation is. Now, it can also be used as an adjective, which essentially can be either damn damn fucking goddamn whatever like or 
it can be used as a fucking like interjection. I they are so much. they are literally referring to him either as you know whatever a fucking you know a goddamn tampon because they say it multiple times in the movie. If you go back and rewatch this, like they refer to him as blood clot like multiple times. No, in I it. feel like I definitely heard it, but I just I only now realized that. Life Won't Wait by Rancid came out in 98. So, holy fuck. <laughs> yes. You learn something new. Now, now literally... I, every day. Watch a movie. I will, uh, the other piece that I wanted to speak to here, um, this it specifically involved some of the like religious stuff that we see here, like the mystical magic stuff. So, I know that we had talked about, like, in the beginning, you obviously have, like, Tito, who's, like, the Colombian, and you have Screwface, the Jamaican. Mm-hmm. It is not only, like, a, a physical, like, war for territory, but there's also kind of that random, like, back-end, magical, like, mystical-type shit that's going on. So Screwface is using Obayi, which is just, it's kind of like a Caribbean form of voodoo, um, dark magic. It, it gets into a lot of different sects, but what I wanted to speak to is the sequence in which Tito goes to that sorceress, Um and she appears to be using something similar to like voodoo and or like Pala Mayombe. And specifically, there's that sequence where you see this giant barrel that has like the picture of Screwface in there. And, you know, she goes through, she takes the milk bath, she drinks the rum, she spits it on the chicken, executes the chicken, the blood gets spewn all over that barrel full of shit, right? You remember seeing like there was like like dead snakes and like bones and shit in there before she like cut the chicken and like put the this this is right as she cuts the chicken and it pans back i mean that part though yeah yeah, yeah. it pans back now i wanted to yes i I wanted to speak to nothing on my second rewatch (laughs) no no no, you're good specifically what i wanted to speak to is that i'm trying no you're fine dude that that like inganga which is basically like that barrel that has all that shit in there the bones and the fucking snakes and the blood is now in there the inganga it's so get this get this this is where it gets crazy cool inganga is a container which is usually made from like clay pots like iron cauldrons or like gourd gourds and stuff like that it's it's just it's a vessel and the inganga contains a ton of different types of objects you know sticks bones but more importantly, like human remains. This is the fumbe, which the fumbe are the manifest manifestations of the deities that the magician themselves call upon to serve them. And basically, like, so you would take the 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 dead remains of a human that is passed on, whether it's your fucking mom, whether it's uh, whatever your grandfather or some random ass person, and you would put them in that inganga. And basically, you would feed the Nganga, like, the blood of sacrificed animals, rum, and you would keep feeding it. And basically, you would use that spirit, the person who whom is in the Nganga, um, which becomes the Fumbe, you would use them to do your bidding for you. Um, a lot of times to, you know, cause harm on other people. And in this case, that was, like, the one big takeaway that I had when you when it was zooming out and you're seeing all the shit that's shoved in there. The fact that there's blood and bones and all sorts of remnants. Um, and don't get me wrong. I am not super well versed in Palo Mayombe is a very, uh, very intricate set of like, uh, black magic. Um, I'm not at all professional in this, but I found that to be very fascinating. And I didn't know if that was some sort of a nod towards that because it had kind of gotten into pop culture at that point a little bit, but it's, it's very serious. Oh. It's a very serious, uh, sect of black magic. 
that exists. And I found that to be fascinating. It was one, it was one montage moment. That's all it was. But yeah, I, well, yeah. I, I keyed okay. in on that immediately. And I was like, huh, I Me wonder too, if but it was that like was when, like a fucking ganga. Like, yeah. Okay. It was when she was like spitting up the liquor and like mm-hmm. got my attention. Cause it doesn't show it at first. It just shows her like pick up the chicken or rooster or whatever kind of cock we're talking of here. She picks up a big ass cock. Mm-hmm. And then and then she spits all over. I know it sounds pretty normal so far. That's mm-hmm. what I was saying. Like, yeah, I, I'm like, what is going? What is about to go down? And then like, yeah, it zooms out, slits its throat, giant thing of beef stew or whatever I thought it was earlier. Yeah, yeah. Think about and cool. that 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 in and of itself like is I find that to be very interesting. Where it's like basically a magician takes dead remains and feeds it. And gets that individual, that that entity that those bones belong to, they summon them from the afterlife to do their bidding in the physical realm in which we reside in. Super dark shit. So and, she and the, was doing that and then fucking screw Then she gets killed. Then like she gets woke killed. up or whatever. Yeah, but yes. what was that when he was like sleeping and it jumps to him, you know? So I he, think because he, he knew he was something? being... T- I, I yeah, think he knew right. he was being targeted at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. Makes I think sense. all right. I think he knew that that he's being targeted because remember, I didn't know if it, it was does... anything else or not. I was like, wow, is that at the same time or is that him like being it... like like Harry Potter seeing like some vision of what Voldemort's doing? Dude, I mean, that's that, basically what it is. That that definitely you that could easily be what it was because again, remember the, the whole magical shit, the spiritual shit. shit yeah. It yeah, does yeah, kind of yeah. take like a little bit of a back end here, but like those moments, like I found to be like very fascinating. Was, yeah, like, that's a. There's also this like, shit that they work in here, like. Yeah, that's cool. what I'm thinking of. Is like thinking of like working that into the script and that being a whole other aspect of the movie, not just like, not even just you know factually. That's some twisted ass that, shit, dude. Yeah, the, that's the some twisted ass shit. The fact that they're backing that up with like some reality or you know possibility. Or mm-hmm. anything, or like documented that like it did happen at some point, you know, like fucking the Last Crusade, the hunt for the Holy Grail. There has been a document maybe yes. out there that says a Holy Grail exists, you know, something like that. Like it is taken from a nonfiction world, I guess, and then worked mm-hmm. in to the plot. Like, yeah, it's sometimes it's things like that where I feel like even bigger history buffs or just like Indiana Jones archaeologist type people would like would be bummed because they want the real reason behind that but for me like just including it into something like this makes me a little more intrigued and like want to give a little more props to like at least the writing of how the movie came together you know yeah like proper way to drive the plot and not just have the making silencers on the gun shooting dead meat in Leatherface house montage, like kind of, st- you know, like what's well, in, in the other thing too, the, the one thing I, I want to make sure that, that, <laughs> that folks understand is that sorceress Those basically is gone his face. Adam. No- oh, oh no. Oh, that's not. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. The, uh, yeah. no, the, they weren't the, there before, but then they're there in the next scene. Anyway, the, uh, the sorceress that he goes to again, that's kind of fooling around with what appears to be like Paolo Mayombe. Um, the Nganga, so essentially the bones themselves are fed, you know, sacrificed animals, which we see there's the, you know, the sacrificed chicken. You can, as I know, I mentioned like dead snakes and shit in there, essentially advice and, or, you know, it's will is presented to the, to the sorcerer, to the magician. And the magician utilizes like divination to kind of figure out and interpret exactly like where this guidance, like basically it's, 
it's the whole concept of like will and or like using this to to help basically have some someone on a different etherical realm this other entity um this force guide them and provide you know signs for you know how they should conduct things provide protection and or other malevolent and or potentially malevolent things as well so to mm-hmm. kind of see that back end potentially uh, even if it's just a nod is as fascinating to me as as somebody who is interested in that stuff and i apologize if i mispronounce any fucking terminology that exists in palomayombe again i'm i am not a at all uh professional nor claim to be um it was just that was interesting to me palomayombe um, i think that was yeah. pretty good yeah i mean that wasn't it's inter- it's that's the kind of stuff that's like ah, to me it's not just like Egh. no it was, it was cool it was cool uh, doing a little bit of research in preparation for that because keyed in keyed in on it fucking immediately after they showed it. i was like wow is that what the fuck that is and then they started digging deeper i'm like well, she did take a bath in milk and, and uh, flowers, and she did take some rum. She spit on the chicken and then fucking cut its neck over the fucking, you know, over yeah. what appeared to be the nganga. Like, I was just that was interesting. That was interesting to me. Yeah, I I I thought so too, especially because it's not the kind of stuff I pick up on when doing. So there's the there's the end of Lou's soapbox history corner. Yeah. So. Play a song by us in this gap. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so what? So what else? What else, y'all got? Any any other items? Um, I, Mike, I, I don't know if you have any. Uh, if you well, well, here's the question: Would you recommend this movie to other people to watch if they haven't seen it before? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's another kind of thing where I know we've talked about like not like treading lightly, but you know, knowing or gauging someone's interest. To where I can see if I'm recommending this to like a, a female that doesn't want to watch, you know, action shoot 'em up, whatever kind of stuff, then uh, then maybe not. <laughs> but but to people that enjoy uh, movies of this type, the action and the Seagal and the '80s slash '90s style, whatnot. I would probably, I would say so. I mean, you know, the only other, like, two other movies that I remember watching, like, Under Siege was a little more of, like, a driving, I don't know, maybe because it's, like, the ship kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Maybe that's what it is. It's just another natural, like, plot device to me being like, wow, these movies should take a hint from the fucking Poseidon remake with Kurt Russell or something. I don't know if that's just what it is, like, naturally being in that element. But this holds up for just being something that's, I don't know, moping, moping around Chicago with a bunch of gang wars and then takes you to Jamaica and crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's like a it's like a yeah, like what I'd say to Don, like the 65 percent probably recommend 35 percent. 65, 35, 65, 35. <laughs> if the 35 is it's not for you. You know, there's some people that right away just like they're not going to know who Seagal is because he really just is from his own movies. So that's a. It's a big way to get people to watch stuff you like, you know? Who's in it? Mm-hmm. It's like the first fucking thing or second thing they're going to ask. So so I don't know about Joey with uh, recommending this film or not. I'd probably, after saying I'd probably recommend it like a, like a 70-30 right around the same you would. I wouldn't recommend it to oh. everybody. But like I would recommend it to like most people that I talk to about movies because... Gauge their interest, I mean, you know, and see if it's their exactly, thing. Yeah. That's basically it for me. That Yeah. Yeah, am I gonna talk? Am I gonna recommend this movie to somebody that's like 
not into this kind of thing? Probably not because Rom-coms. they won't, you know, find anything cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> but like if, you know, I would probably recommend it to most people though. Good for you. I mean, I like it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good for you, kid. Telling it like it is. Telling it like that... it's the only the... way I can do it. Was there another part of that question, Lou? Was that? No, no, that was it. Just, you know, if if it would be something you would recommend. If we um, recommended it or not. If we, yeah. Yeah, if we if we tackled all of our other fucking whatever the hell segments, which I think we did since it's the first time for you too watching it, right, Joey? Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, I've hell seen yeah. clips and stuff like that from Steven Seagal movies because, you know, right. obviously because he's a meme. For a while yeah. and everything like that, which you know, He's a it's, it's deserved. It's deserved, but I don't think the hate's deserved. You know what I mean? I, I understand. I understand. The generation. Yeah, like I understand People the hatred and kind of the. It's a lack of being alive but in the nineties. I, I don't think That's it should be is. hatred. I, I, yeah, I don't think it should be hatred. I, I mean, there's no reason to hate these movies because they're silly or anything like that. Yeah, because I mean, thing and succeeding. Like, come on, jealous. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's pretty envious. cool, and honestly, I like the action scenes are fucking awesome. Yeah, they honestly. really make the like, whole I know, movie I know. worth it. It's just like ninety minutes, like and, barely, right? Like barely ninety minutes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, like one thirty-three. Like, I think. Like it, I think it ended up being. Yeah, yeah, with credits yeah, then, just... like a good like four minutes of credits, probably because this is the nineties. So yeah, mm-hmm. pretty pretty I solid. Mean, all I know later on is where you were touching on this. Like he has that those silly Aikido like fucking things he's doing, but like you know earlier in his career, like during this type of shit, it looks fucking like legit. Like it looks pretty, it looks badass. You know, is it just like the practical effects too, though, and the explosions? You know, that's what a lot of these like straight to DVD like C or D action movies in the 2010s. Well, that's what they do bad is they do the worst kind of fucking CG. And nothing's practical. Well, the thing I is, you can is just like, tell, like, oh come on, that's part of it now. <laughs> there's specific like scenes from this movie. Which which one it is? But it's like it's one that came out, you know, really recently, last ten years or so. But it's like an old fat Steven Seagal, and he's doing like this close quarter combat. Shit, <laughs> but he's basically just like he's basically. He's not even like. I know you're. Th- I know exactly what you're talking. I know exactly what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> yeah. But like he's just yeah. moving his wrist. Like, yeah, that's that that silly and shit. But he like, likes cheeseburgers. Like, pretty bad. Okay. He's like <laughs> actually throwing these fucking guys and he's a little more agile. Like that one scene where he throws the dude through like almost every single. Oh, dude, the sequence <laughs> like, in the mall is insane. And, like, yeah, the mall sequence. That's yeah, cool. like he's actually kicking these fucking guys' asses, you know. Yep, two v one at the end too, man. Fucking awesome. Yeah, two v one, dude. I know time crisis or some shit. So, so you know, if that's where we close out on, then I guess all I have to say is, hope they aren't triplets. Oh, hi yo! Because that- I didn't know, I, I dude. He just walks out of there like holding Charles. I'm pretty sure that is the last line of the movie. That is the last line of the movie. That is a fucking. That is yeah. That's a epic one liner. Mm-hmm. Arnold, look nice. out! 
Arnold look out. <laughs> he, he looked out for about a year and a half, and then T2 came out, and then he didn't look out anymore. Ever again. I'll be back. Yeah, but I mean, we we really did like pretty much. I'm I'm pretty sure we covered most of anything that I wanted to point out, even from like the, uh, you know, the fact standpoint of stuff. Like Lou, the few things that you were thinking of were great. There was some review I saw somewhere where the title was "What in the Blood Clot," and I just thought that was I was like, oh, he gave us an explanation on that. Even and this other guy clearly was just. Using it however he wanted, man. Like fuck it. That's so ridiculous. And then so the the actual tagline I joked about at the beginning is quote in above the law he got tough. In hard to kill, he got even. Now the man with the short fuse is da 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 marked for death. Oh, so good. So yeah, it's basically a South Park joke. Um, and it's a <laughs> yeah. good cop in a bad mood. So did, did you have any yeah. idea about Lou? I know you're, jo- yeah, isn't that a good one? It's a good cop in a bad mood. Uh, <laughs> was there, um, uh, you were, you were muttering earlier about, uh, making a joke about the opening weekend or something at the, for the budget. Oh, no, no. I, did you have any yes. knowledge of that or are you just being a funny fucking guy? No, no, no. I, I do have some I do have some knowledge on that. I believe I think ultimately it ended up making like 83 million. And I think the budget uh, was like 15 or like 30 or something like there was it, a significant like it made money. You know, yeah, it made it made money. And I, n- I never know because I find a plethora of things in places but on um on IMDb it says the budget was 12 million and then got almost 60 million worldwide that's in, that's that's a huge success it's insane how much that's of us really it's I, I think the opening weekend was just under 12 million so at first they're like uh-oh you know that kind of mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. and that shit uh, I mean, I just, I don't understand. But also, that's just IMDb, basically. Um, yeah. So, so when I go to Box Office Mojo, I get, I don't get the, you don't get the first weekend and stuff like that sometimes here. But like, it does, it says opening, and it is the same thing for not saying what the budget is. It says it, it made just under twelve million. And then grossed forty six million, and that's you know with the international boost thereafter makes it just under sixty. So you know, Lou, for what you're saying, you're basically it was basically what you were saying. I'm just giving you know the exact numbers when I can no, verify perfect. when I can verify perfect. on two different sites. Thankfully, that like Box Office Mojo exists, even though it is just like a subsidiary of IMDb. So sometimes they have slight differences there or not. But yeah, that's that's what I found. And it is just crazy that it's like uh, opening weekend. We didn't break even yet, so that's instantly like this movie was a failure at the box office. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, was he joking about that or not? Because it made almost sixty million worldwide. Like, yeah, the worldwide thing is the Steven Seagal reach. I feel like that is three mm-hmm. weeks into the theater, and you want to go and do something. I don't know, but also it was released at the beginning of October as far as I can find. So that's a good time to, I don't know, no good Halloween movies out in 1990. You go 
watch this a month later. Mm. Yeah. Go, and, yeah. go and see a Seagal film. And a funny, and another funny thing with it was the apparently the uh, the film got another million dollars added to the budget following the success of Hard to Kill because, as we said, that was the second movie after Above the Law, which was just that one guy. I'm going to fucking look up right now because I keep saying it and it's just like remember a name Mike like maybe or I, is it is it one of the it, writers that he worked with because he had that like exclusive so deal with Warner Brothers or whatever at that point I don't know what it was for that but for this was Andrew Davis was his name who directed and wrote Above the Law no, there's a few other people credited small for small stuff but also Steven Seagal and Andrew Davis Credited with rating it, and mm. I believe that was the guy that saw his star power of being like you know the stuntman, whatever martial arts thing he was doing before acting, basically, and was just like this guy's big, he has a normal face, looks like he could be a star, whatever that fucking you know thing is that when agents find your next Vinny Chase or something, I don't know, but he saw that and basically did that. So I don't know if that's where that Warner Brothers deal came from or not, but that. Yeah, it's his first movie, and it was a success because you got another guy who's directing, writing. It's a good amount. And then the second movie, still a success. It's only like a million dollars to bump it up. It's not really anything too crazy. Maybe that's what made the fucking sandwich car explosion, you know? Yes. (laughs) nothing, Nothing really too nutty there, but it is funny that at least because Hard to Kill was also a financial success somehow like the same year or less than a year earlier yeah yeah it's that, weird that yeah. fuels a st- that fuels a studio giving him a million so i'm assuming that it was the warner brothers deal at that point and this is the like bonus wink wink for doing a good job which is like hey it's not my fault people like the movie i don't know it's kind of funny when so like that hey here's a one million dollar like to us it would be like hallelujah to these guys just like okay yeah 11 huh. now it's now it's 12 <laughs> And then now I can pay fucking Kevin Dunn. Thanks, guys. Nice. And uh, and and the mentioning of like yeah, Basil Wallace, uh, Screwface, was in fact born in Jamaica, moved to Brooklyn when he uh, growing up, and this was his first movie role ever credited, at least around here. So that's nuts, man. He's going for Screwface right away. Right away. And I got a, there was a lot of other things about the music and stuff that I know uh, Louis got into. But I think there was some kind of like almost lawsuit over Seagal really wanting to get credit for writing this movie. In some interview, he claims he wrote like over 90% of it. But then because they brought in co-writer... Uh, Michael Grice, I'm not sure G R A I S. Uh, he gets the main credit for it, and Steven Skull really lost that. And so, a lot of the movies that he's done, he's not credited in the screenplay, but that was what I was saying earlier. A lot of his first movies, you can tell he's involved in, right? Right, even if it's just setting up the A to B Jackie Chan type of shit with framing, I feel like he's also involved in some like dialogue. And stuff there, especially oh, once it goes sure. on to under siege. Yeah, that could have been where it started. You know, I'm not a hundred percent. I might be uh, speculating, as the newspaper people call it, newspaper people, purple, purple people, peoples. Um, but then also, it was just like, uh, what the hell was this thing called? 
uh, well, the, the quote here for this fact is, uh, Mark for Death was named one of the most violent movies of 1990 by the National Coalition of TV Violence. It's just kind of fun. <laughs> I was like, where is that one? I gotta find... Gotta find one of the one. most violent movies. That's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I think there was another there was another thing about Basil Wallace. He was told to gain 30 pounds uh, to be really? Again, his first role. They wanted him to look big next to Steven, who's already tall. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's really, they wanted to have something like that going on with the villain and or villains, the brothers, the triplets, whatever the fuck. God. So that you know what? That's what I'm saying from here on out. No more, no Hollow Earth bullshit for this one, folks. The one guy was named Screwball, and the other one was named Screwface. So I've been right this whole time, and we're moving on, and we're done. That's it. So fuck off. We gotta have a showdown of trivia madness. I just imagine like a vandal song for some like go. Like when you want to say that, like, go, 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 go. Just some like Josh Freeze, like, yeah, I don't know. I kind of think of fighters, right? You know, the typical game show. God, it's like my one of my favorite game shows of all time. Dude, that's probably the best game show of all time. So, I really loved Supermarket Sweep when I was younger, though, dude. I don't know what it was. I don't know. Yeah, that one was. Something deep in us from working at grocery stores. Like, what is that, Joey? What's the deal (laughs) with that? Didn't know at the time. And I think it's because it ended forever ago. But, like, you know, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune are normie. And they're always on prime time. So, obviously, those ones are, like, the... I mean, I don't know. Jeopardy is great, though. And Wheel of Fortune is, like, mindless fun and all luck, pretty much. You know? 80, 70% of it. Wheel of Fortune is pretty fun. Price price is right. Just, like... uh, Bob Barker was great. Andrew Carey was still great. Come on. Come on. Lou. Game shows. How do they make you feel? Quit psyching yourself up for the showdown here because you know Joey won the last time. (laughs) So I will say that easily I'm a I'm a big uh, I'm a big Jeopardy fan. um, But like like growing up, definitely uh, Supermarket Sweep was fascinating to me. Jesus Christ. Why? Fascinating. (laughs) The code well, because like, do they they re, right? they they built a fucking goddamn? You were playing in a supermarket, yeah, and obviously, Legends, Legends of the Hidden Temple two was was you know also a big deal to oh, me. But I don't, I, I'm not counting Nickelodeon. That's a whole nother level. Yeah, but yeah. but still, like <laughs> no, no. the idea that these people did a sweep in a fucking basically a, a, a what appeared to be a functioning supermarket i know that it's not but just the fact that they rebuilt the inside of a supermarket with the different sections and the aisles and all of the products like that was crazy to me talk about one giant fucking advertisement for products in every grocery product, stores ever. every fucking Great product like oh it God, is dude. it is a that was ingenious whoever the fuck created that uh, marketing <laughs> insanity but yeah big fan of that shit I think it was CBS. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't NBC remember. is one of those. I think it was. I think it was NBC. Two. It ended right? in a C or had an S. Yeah. One uh, of those. Well, um, hey, there wasn't too much to 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 rip out of this movie trivia wise. So I got the old classic. Who the who the who the where the how the the fuck is the name of this game because. 
I'm going to name a movie and someone that was in this here movie called Mark for Death was in the movie that I'm going to say. And you have to fucking guess, motherfuckers. Believe it or oh. not. Crazy. I, it doesn't need to be names. I will take, you know, Jamaican guy that held the newspaper behind his back when meeting Screwface or whatever. You can say something like that to try and figure out who the uh, actor, actress, whatever in this movie is that's in the one I say. I will be so helpful. Basically we can, we can s- here. We can we can say the name of the character in the movie. Yeah, if you want to do something like that, that's what I feel like that would be easier to remember for people if you don't know the actors' names or whatever. So yeah, if you're completely fucking clueless and you think I say a movie that Steven Seagal is in, you can just be like, "Uh, the guy from Under Siege." Yeah, like yeah, uh, we'll figure it out. I think we'll figure it out. I believe. I believe that we will. Because there's, uh, there's, there was like nothing else I could do for this. There's like two taglines. There's just I wanted to do the star-studded cast kind of thing. So even though we kind of got into it already and might be a little one-sided or not, uh, I do believe Joey won the last time still. So he's gonna kick things fucking off. Question: Joey is who that stars in Marked for Death is also in the film titled Executive Decision. Uh, it could be oh, multiple have, answers, but we, you only need one. Um, hmm. I don't know. Well, you you can, <laughs> you can just is name it, a, uh, can name a random person that was in this movie. Uh, anyone anyone that was in Marked for Death is up for grabs, Joey. Okay, I'll say that one dreadlock guy that had the chains. I can't. I don't even like know his name in the movie. The dreadlock guy that had the chains. Yeah, <laughs> he was like one of the main like. That's who you want to go with, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. All right. I, can't, well, I don't know off the top of my head. Well, you're wrong. Yeah, I, I figured. <laughs> because the lead in this movie, Steven Seagal, the guy from Under Siege, is who's also an executive decision. So yeah, yeah like I like I've said, I've seen every single I know. Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I know them all by heart. I know that. Word. I know that's why. That's why before I said this, I was like, this game might be a little one-sided, but we're gonna have fun with it. So Lou, I'm, just the gonna, next... I'm gonna guess either Steven Seagal or uh, fucking Keith David for all my questions. It's possible, dude. You might get a point somewhere. That's that's what I got like <laughs> I got I got like eight or nine of these in a tiebreaker. So it's so, yeah, nice. we, so you know the advantage of going first is just you could rack up points quicker. I guess I, there's not that's it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so love to love or whatever we're calling this tennis match right now. But Lou, <laughs> Lou, your turn now. Uh, okay. This person stars in Marked for Death, but they also star in a film titled Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers. Oh well, that one's easy. Ooh. Oh, oh, is it? Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, I am going to go with Mr. David. Who's that? Keith. Oh, Mr. Mr. Keith David. Um, yeah, Queef David. Queef David. This is so disrespectful. You're a fan. You wrote the lyrics in that song. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, to my knowledge, Keith David is not in Halloween for the curse of Michael Myers. Oh, shit. 
I would have uh, gotten that wrong. Was that a <laughs> was that a shot in the dark from both of you guys? Oh yeah. Okay, because um the girl that gets shot is named Danielle Harris, who is Jamie Lloyd in Halloween Four and Halloween Five. Uh, oh, that little girl that's also in like Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead and all that. Yeah. Yep. Any anywho. It's not like all these questions were supposed to be as easy as who was in executive decisions. Yeah, so I know. You, that, okay. you got the you got the fucking meatball on that one there, hopefully, Joey. Hopefully there's yeah, a well. point somewhere. In this, <laughs> there could be a point. Like I said, though, some of these movies, there is more than one person. But you guys just need to guess one. There's no bonus points or anything. So it's possible cool. you have a shot. So, Joey, next round for you. If you yes, dare. Sir. If you dare. <laughs> Joey, who... Who starred in Marked for Death also starred in the film Rob Zombie's Halloween from like 2007 or something? I'm going to go with Keith David. Dude, yeah, I can't remember that one that well off the top of my head, man. I didn't really like those Rob Zombie ones. You're going to go with Child... Yeah, I mean, me neither, but I'm the trivia lord, so I have the knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) It's the way the stupid game goes. Uh, Lou, you don't get any points, but do you have any idea before I... Give Joey's response. Uh, I was actually going to guess Treo on this one. Oh, shit. Yeah, You're going to get Danny Treo. God damn it. Really? Like, as, if he, as if he screams the name Mikey multiple times or something? Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. He does. Really shit. He in this movie. That's crazy <sighs> because also, wildly enough, Daniel Harris, as previously mentioned, is also in this movie. So you guys had Ooh. two, yeah, had a two for there, Damn. Joey, and your goose egg is the biggest goose egg to ever exist. Yeah, and, I guess so. I mean, not really. It's all just a goose egg, I guess. <laughs> so. I mean, I got that Friday Thirteenth question like way wrong. So, oh wow, <laughs> I don't even know what was that like the Charlie's Farm episode? No, yeah, that was I, recent, dude. That was recent. Yeah. Was it? Was there a recent one? And anywho, Lou, uh, Lou's super happy that he didn't get to answer that last one. So the next question must be his, then, that means. Lou, who starred in Marked for Death, but also, crazily enough, starred in a film titled Transformers, directed by the great Michael Bay? Oh, God damn it. Starring Shia. Uh, that, would, that would be, dude, that's Kevin Dunn. Oh, shit, Lou, with the rapid-fire response of <laughs> Mr. Witwicky, Shia LaBeouf's dad. Well, it's funny because it's it's funny is that because not Kevin... the most recognizable thing he's in though. I literally was like, "This is what I, I always dude, think of." I always think of Kevin Dunn as Mister Wit- Witwicky. I don't care what you say about those movies. I always no, think of him, and he's only in the first two. So I will, I will, I will, I will agree with you there. The character See, actor oh, extraordinary pops up in everything, just like Donald Moffat and his fluffy eyebrows, but. See for me, that's what he's the, in. What what I know, what I think of when I think of Kevin Dunn, oddly enough, is fucking small soldiers because he also okay, plays yes. a fucking also, father. Also, it's a dad though. It's he, a dad, also yes. a dad role. But that's the first probably, thing that comes to mind. First thing that comes this, to mind. If I was eight years old, it would have been my first thing that came to mind. But once Transformers came out, that took over. Dude, I was obsessed with Small, small Soldiers growing up. I was obsessed. I was obsessed. Soldiers was great. We should do that. It's another joke. We Dante, should do that. Isn't we it? We should oh, do that. Oh, fuck yeah. That's going to be, be a fun. Cool Frank Langella up in this bitch. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Frank Langella as the soft-spoken Argonaut. <laughs> That's great. That's a good one. Kirsten Dunst. Oh, shit. We're doing it. All right. Yep. Um, 
Well, you have one point. How do you forget Dennis Miller? You you forgot Dennis Miller being the sleaze ball of the sleaze ball. Oh, and sorry, David dude, Cross, dude, and Jay David Moore. Cross, oh, and David Moore? Cross. Oh, not Jay Moore. Oh, not. Jay oh, Jay Moore. Jay Moore oh, is also Jay Moore. Oh, also, oh, I can't say Jay Moore. Oh, well, you Jay can't Moore. say Jay Moore. Say I'm just saying, as far as bigger role, like bigger Listen, funnier roles. The biggest of the funny roles is Tommy Lee Jones, bro. <laughs> yeah, Major Chip Hazard, my, Major my Chip boy. Major Chip Hazard is a legend. It's kind of yes. perfect for his ridiculousness that he is though as Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, great movie. Now we're just going to have to do it, I guess. But uh it's it's back to Joey's turn. Oh, as far yeah, as I remember. Yeah. So let's see how his strategy works out here when I say Joey, this person starred in Mark for Death, but also Whoa. they starred in a movie titled Men at Work. Oh my oh, god. Man. Not the Fuck. band from Down Under. Fuck. Wait, is that the is that the Yes. Right? Yes. Colin Hay? Okay. Yes. Joey. The t- t- <laughs> Dude, like... Never mind uh, the scrubs. <laughs> it's it's Minute Work is the name of the movie. Just take a guess, then. Oh, guess. I'm gonna... I'm gonna... Fuck. Uh, well, I'm... I'll go with Keith David. Fuck. You have a point. I would Way hope you would go with Keith David. <laughs> like the next oh, build person sweet. it took him 10 seconds <laughs> yeah, to look it up say, on imdb that, that literally the only other person dude i couldn't fucking... um i believe Ugh. dean cameron is credited as the pizza boy in that loop so uh well what are you uh not a fan of the movie summer school something okay see how it is yeah <laughs> they can't all be zingers you know not a not a mark Harmon guy all right <laughs> oh come on summer school's great <laughs> Kirstie Alley. Anywho, we got a tie fucking ball game here due to the magic of Joey's 10 second internet. Uh, I don't know. This, he said he was going to guess Keith David for the, all of his rounds. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's possible. It's Keith David or fucking what's his not Steven Seagal. So, <laughs> no, it was that's like that's so the far. obvious. The, the Keith that that was like the one Keith David, the, the obvious <laughs> I just one. Love is, it. Yeah. I love it, dude. I love the fucking uh, I love the army jacket. I love how crazy he is. I love he just he, he was pl- really he, used to that shotgun, huh? He was really used to he that plays shotgun. he plays him. I almost want to say he plays him his caricature he plays his caricature of himself in in that movie yeah just frust stressed fucking stressed yeah you know like child's stressed so funny no test that blood bitch all right all right what do you got for me who's your it's your turn that's what that means is my guess uh lou this person that I'm gonna, that you need to answer the answer to. They were in this movie, Mark for Death, that we just talked about for an hour and a half, but also they were in a movie titled Machete, also known as oh. Machete for you. Danny Trejo. Oh, you're gonna go with Danny Trejo. That's weird because I'm pretty sure Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal was also <laughs> in Machete. All right, all right. We're giving a point to Lou. Everyone, calm the fuck down. They are both in that movie which is what's funny when i make fun of my girlfriend for saying don't act like you know steven seagal movie she goes hey real angrily dot 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 i've seen machete and i was like oh (laughs) (laughs) that that counts yeah yeah that counts dot 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 that counts i'm like yeah i'm like i've also seen machete (laughs) no i was like I, i was like you know what that's fair that's like the one other of three movies he's in that he's not the dead lead character correct so so we'll take it and we'll give you points. 
But that's a twofer. Joey's real upset. He could have gotten two points there. I don't know. Fuck! All right, Joey. This is, <laughs> Joey, this is the real deal here. I'm not fucking around. Right. Lou, Lou is up by one point on you. So what you need David? to... You, you need to... <laughs> just listen to the question. <laughs> I don't know if you know this movie or not, but this person was in the movie Marked for Death, and they also starred in the 2002 hit family sports movie titled Like... Mike, starring Lil Bow Wow and Jonathan Lipnicki. Do you remember? Jesus I Christ. do not know that movie. <laughs> this is how we, we... Let's go one more time with the tried and true answer, Keith David. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, unfortunately, Morris Chestnut is who... I mean, no. Ah, Dirk yeah. Nowitzki was who... No, 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 wait. <laughs> Crispin Glover... All right. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Ah, Basil Wallace, Screwface himself, mm. was in the movie. Like my, you didn't remember that? No, no? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that one, dude. What a crate! I what? haven't thought about that movie oh, in so long. Right? I was like, Lou's gonna be like, I haven't thought about that movie in so long. I literally I have not. <laughs> <laughs> that that <laughs> was everywhere because, like, after after Jonathan Lipnicki was in fucking like Little Vampires, Lil and Vampire, just like he bro. shot onto the scene like immediately. I'm pretty sure it yeah. was after Jerry Maguire, but yes, yeah, also. yes, yes. <laughs> but but you know what I mean, like. As far yeah. as like him being now the the main character, it's like, and I would say like him and Lil Bow Wow. Secondary, yeah, secondary. It was just big at that time, I think. You know, Shad but Lip Nicky was like the person in Lil Vampires. Like he was the yeah, he was the lead he, vampire dude. He was the lead. Yeah, he was the little. Anywho, <laughs> he was named after him. He was the little. <laughs> was he Jerry and Jerry Maguire? No, I know Joey doesn't no. know if that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's not Joey. Don't worry. No. That was Tom. That was Tom Cruise. Thomas Cruise. Yes. Thomas Cruiseford, believe it or not. Cuba. Uh, <laughs> Cam and Crow, bro. We did almost famous. So now you know every Cam and Crow movie. That's how it works when we cover a film, <laughs> and you know everything the tangent you know everything breaks off of from it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> every Wallace and Gromit special. Luckily, there's only mm-hmm. four or five. <laughs> All right, so we're sitting with Lou being pretty with his one-point lead, but he also has to answer this fucking question, believe it or not. So, Lou, yo, this person, they're in Mark for Death, but also there's a movie that we once talked about called Tombstone, bitch. Tombstone, bitch? Oh, yeah, fuck. Just, just, um, just, tomb, just Tombstone, starring just Blake Green, Bill Paxton. Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark on this one. I'm going to guess... Fucking bet Betty Ford. I don't know. What? Betty Ford? B- Betty Ford. Who's who's that one? It's his sister. Um Yeah. Uh, honestly, I don't think so. It's a it's it's a lady, but I'm pretty sure it's the lady that he goes to with the blonde oh, hair and the glasses. The, she she's she's on the she's part of that task force, basically. Yeah, she's the she's Kurt Russell's love interest. Oh, remember oh. With, with the horses? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the and the and the and the and the and the, and the picnic, <laughs> and the and the scenic horse riding, and the and the horse horse part, and the Lou, you picked uh, that movie, fucking. I know. Schools. I know. I could not name a supporting. Dude, I, know, I, I know. I know. It's okay. I'm terrible at this game. That's what the game is for. <laughs> we're, we're limited, dude. I couldn't even do like Leonard Maltin because it's all just Steven no, yeah. Seagal movies. He's not in yeah. anything else. 
I got nothing. <laughs> nothing here. <laughs> this is a fucking joke game, but also, Joey, who was in the movie called They Live? Oh, dude, Keith David. He had that like 20 minute fight scene. All right. You, <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, you got points. There was another guy in Marg for Death. I think it was it was in like the middle area when they're at the club and he goes up to Screwface, you know, the white dude, the blatantly white guy. It's in that one part. I don't know what I don't uh, know who he is. It's literally like a two minute part in the movie, but he I look dude for some reason I was looking through They Live and he's it's like his second movie on IMDb next to this one that he's credited in. And I was like, oh, wow. And his name's Peter Jason. Dude, that's who the fuck I was waiting for you to ask me if he was in fucking goddamn <laughs> Prince of Darkness, fucking They Live, and he, he was in the fucking movie. The Fog. Yeah, he, uh, dude, I was escape, fucking escape. waiting. Yes, I was waiting LA. for you to fucking ask me about him because I <laughs> knew who that was. I didn't know who the fuck this chick was, Lou, but I knew who that was. Lou, 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 do you want to you want to win the game, Lou? No. You oh you, oh you don't. Win? No, of course oh, I want to oh, win the game. Oh, of course oh, I want to oh, win the fucking game. I'll, I'll then the then the then tell me who's in There's Something About Mary. Who is in There's Something About Mary, Lou? Keith David. You've won. Yay! All that hullabaloo a second ago with Jason (laughs) Peters or whatever, Pete Stone. Peter Jason. (laughs) I look, dude, I was going to say right after, before you were enraged, (laughs) I was going to say he's also in a bunch of other John Carpenter movies. Dude, he's the one guy. He's the one dude I was waiting for you to fucking ask me about him. But he's (laughs) that scene for how far you like, or for how long you see him for, it's Seriously, like less than two minutes in March for death. Dude, he's he's in it's, there straight very, up for two it, seconds. It's so brief, but it is the only like white dude that is talking to like Screwface and the Jamaicans throughout that whole movie. Like after Tito, you know, there's mm-hmm. nobody, there's no other white dudes. So I think it was <laughs> I'm a white guy, I can say the white dude. <laughs> His name's Peter, okay? He's a white dude. Fuck off, everyone. That's funny. Lou's really upset, but it's all right. Yeah, the tiebreaker is going to be there's something about Mary, but since you're up the point, you know. On it. That was the only way. On it. Joey's like, all right, that was funny, but I'm still not happy to give the belt away. I'll get you next time when we do Small Soldiers, you you motherfucker. You better keep that shit clean. Hey, man. Hey, man, I always do. He was polishing it up since the last one. We're going to get funky in the real ordering, though, because we're releasing this before Wallace and Gromit. So everyone's going to be like, wait, what? Who took the gauntlet in the Shanghai series? That's all I care about. (laughs) Go back and listen to that, then. Yeah, go back and listen to it. Figure it out. Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. It's going places and doing fucking everything. This is our our action-packed summer. Our next episode might be a little not as action-heavy, all right? So calm the fuck down loving fans Whoopah! all loving two dozen or three dozen listeners of you <laughs> with our thousands Yay! of plays Yay, thank you That's thanks crazy. i can't believe you guys listen to us <laughs> we Why? we appreciate it <laughs> thank, thank you thank <laughs> them and reroute them to the goddamn music joey yeah li- listen to our music we just put a new ep out on spotify it's it's pretty rad it's so the other ep it's, it's the second ep after the first EP we did, so we call it the other EP. <laughs> <laughs> there's also three. There's also three singles out there. Listen it's, to them. It's the second EP after the first EP. 
<laughs> Dude, remember that fact section? Here it is. That was straight facts right there. <laughs> technically, it was the second EP after that first EP. And the way that we did yeah. it with Don, with Don the Mod Fury, uh, the other one was recorded kind of different, the live session. It's kind of a different entity to us. That's why. That's what all you fans are thinking of right now, I'm pretty sure. Right? We knew would, that, it. would that be the confusion? Right. It's the only other release we have, so I have to assume yeah. that's it. But yeah, that shit was so great. We're going to have more songs coming in later months, so get hyped for what's happening. I'm going to even play one of our songs right now. Take up Holy two man. and a half minutes of this fucking podcast, and so now it's over 90 minutes long. Fuck. Willy, 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 woo! See you next time at Indecisive Opinions, and everyone cheer for Lou because he is the victor for one episode. Yay! He's like, step in, please. Don't you watch his side? He's dangerous, motherfucking dangerous.